Welcome to the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast. I'm Wayne Washington, founder and CEO of Grow Company Profits. We help CEOs stop leaving money on the table while sustaining profitability to fund managed growth. The CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast is basically CEOs helping other CEOs with tips, tools, and techniques to implement company projects or other work activities on time, on target, and on budget. Let's spend the next 30 minutes together with my guest CEO and maybe learn some different tools to put into your CEO toolbox. Welcome listeners to the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast. The CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast is a podcast by CEOs for CEOs seeking to sustain excellence in execution. I'm Wayne Washington, the founder and CEO of Grow Company Profits. All of my CEO guests have are completely operate, excuse me, successful companies with revenues in excess of $1 million. And that's a great achievement. Today, my guest is Athena Servini. Sir, excuse me, Servi, sir. Very, <laughs> you're totally fine. I apologize, Severi. Uh, mm-hmm. She's a co-founder and CEO of the Titan Network. Athena's company, Titan Network, can be found on the internet at www.titannetwork.com. Athena, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, sir. This is an honor. Well, I, I'm so glad to have you here. And when you hear the word Titan Network, I, I'm going to have you explain to us what is a Titan Network? What, is a, what do you do? So we are a community, a mastermind, where we get brand owners. So these are the CEOs of their own physical product brands. And we work with them to be extremely successful from the initial beginning of their brand. So when they're just creating the idea from scratch to sourcing the products, developing the products, launching the products on Amazon and other e-commerce platforms, growing it to a multi-million dollar business and many times exiting it. And so we are international. We've got about 1,200 members and we've been around just under three years. Wow. And I, I saw something that refers to you as the queen of Amazon. <laughs> yeah, that started a few years back. They, they refer me to that. And I love it. <laughs> how, how did the queen of Amazon, how did, how did Titan Network get started? Tell me about that. Oh my goodness. Well, let's go back about seven years and I was working for a consulting firm and I had two real small children, little boys. And I was always struggling, trying to be a mom, trying to, you know, work my job. And I was always looking for something that I could build, you know, that could be my own. And a friend of mine was quitting his job selling kitchen products on Amazon. And when he told me that, I actually laughed out loud. I said, no way, you're not selling products on Amazon. How's that going to sustain your life? You know, we had a a nice uh, six-figure job here at this consulting firm. And he said, no, I want to show you. So he opened up his laptop and he showed me the money that was being deposited every couple of weeks, which was more than we'd make in like six months. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, whatever that is, give me a piece of that. 
And so I developed my own product line of yoga accessories um, and I launched a couple yoga headbands. And within three months, I was making more money from selling these yoga headbands than I had in my job that I'd climbed the corporate ladder nine years and I'd work my tushy off it day in, day out, you know, missing my children, having to turn them over to, to daycare and stuff too early for my taste. And I found freedom. And I found something that I was just really enthusiastic about. So I actually mentioned this um, to a group of moms that I had built. I, I build communities. So that's something I really enjoy. So I would support and empower a lot of um, women, you know, mothers. And so they all kind of joined in on this Amazon journey with me. So all of a sudden I found myself in a mentor position. So I started to, to events and consulting and mentoring for these amazing women, which grew into men as well. And then I put on full events and a cruise and I ended up taking a trip to China wow. and discovering how to build relationships directly with factories. And so I developed an event around that. So I'd bring a hundred entrepreneurs at a time to China with me so they could learn the ropes of how to really work directly with factories. And from that, they just loved how we do a conference at the same time. And they have a lot of mentors and these were multi, multi-million dollar uh, sellers. These guys would sell millions of dollars in product. And because they had such close proximity to this brilliance, they would learn what would normally take someone years to figure out in just a very short time. So that's when we knew we needed to do something more than just this China trip. So we created this thing called Titan Network, and we brought together some experts in all these different fields. And the first day that we let everyone know about it, we had about 80% of the room sign up because they were just so excited to be able to connect with us. So I literally had a full network day one of launching this thing. And it's just been a miracle. And every day I, I am just so grateful because, you know, we've got amazing members and, and our leadership is uh, incredible and everyone's just flourishing and it's a dream come true, to be fair. Let, let me go back. You know, that, that was a lot. I enjoyed what you said. But I'm <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just gave you my whole life story of what go. I'm not saying it was anything wrong. It's just I, I, I absorbed it all. But something yeah. you said originally caught my attention. You said yoga headbands or headgears was what you started with? Yeah. Okay. Now, when I hear that, you know, there's people sitting out there talking about headbands and headgear. How can you turn that into a product that's, you know, that everybody can't do what you did? Help people understand how you took a, I won't call it a simple product, but an ordinary product and converted mm -hmm. an ordinary product into a successful product. You know, that was execution success. Help people understand how you executed that successfully. Okay. So first, I think learning from people who've already done it was really helpful for me because I wasn't reinventing the wheel. I had exact instructions on how to research the products on Amazon how to find different categories that could be successful. And so that was a lot of what I did. And mm -hmm. then what I liked about this product is it was simple, it was light, it was small, and it was inexpensive. I would spend about $1.38 per headband and I could sell it on Amazon for 14 to $16. So did you convert that, it at all? I mean, did you do any, any active, anything to it or you just bought it and resold it? 
So I, I um, created it because I found a factory that made a, a similar headband, but I knew, see, one of the things I did is I researched my competition. And one of the major complaints people had is that these headbands would fall off their heads, okay. right? So what I did is I took a style that the factory already made. And then I asked them to put, cause I basically got a whole box of different samples. And there was a different product that had little rubber grippies on the inside. So it uh-huh. would make so that the, the headband wouldn't fall off. Uh-huh. And my headband was just much more fashionable than the other ones. So what I did is I took the functionality from the little rubber things and the fashion forwardness of the other one, I combined it and developed my own product. So the whole idea of this is you're creating something. It's not something new. I didn't invent headbands, but I just improved what I was looking at. And so then my headband would get better reviews because not only was it pretty, but it actually worked and it was functional. And that's kind of what we teach people how to do is how to think with how to make a product better than the competition and stand out. Well, I think, and I appreciate you sharing that, but I think from a CEO standpoint, as as a lot of CEOs know, it's one thing to have the product. It's another thing to market the product and have the product sell. You know, so, you know, what's your, the consulting background you had, did that help with your sales and marketing aspect? How, how, did, how did you make a sale and how did you make it go? Because there are other headbands out there, but what made, what made people pick yours? Yes, sir. Well, I think a lot of it is really understanding your customer avatar and your audience, okay. right? So I price my headband higher than the rest of the competition, which is kind of the reverse of what a lot of people think. They think they uh-huh. need to come lower. So mine was a premium product. It was better than the rest. It was $16 instead of eight or nine, right? And so I know women, I know my own customer avatar because I kind of am that. I don't okay. mind spending a little extra money on nice things. And so when I'm scrolling through and I see that something's more expensive, I go, hmm, why is that one more expensive? It's probably the one I want. So it's just really understanding your audience and I happen to be my audience, which was really helpful. And then attracting people to my listing was not hard because I could speak the language of sort of a, a higher quality customer. Um, so the people that were looking for three headbands for you know $6 that they would probably get it at Walmart are not the same customer that's going to spend $120 on a pair of leggings from Lululemon as okay. an example. So I think understanding your customer, their language, and really understanding your pricing is very key as a CEO. So, I mean, so th- th- was that something you learned along the way, or is that something you gained from previous experience or previous jobs? A little bit of both, to be fair. I think I've always had a little knack for uh, marketing and stuff, you know, just because I, I do. But I definitely learned that um, you have to use certain keywords that people are searching for, you know, so you have to find out, like, what are people attracted to? So I definitely, you know, did a lot of research and understood the game, but then added my own little flair, which I think is part of it. Okay. okay. And when, when you, you say that you, I understand what you're saying, you know, the, the, the marketing, the, the use of the internet and the, the uh, what do you call it? The SEO and, and, and all the key buzzwords and the, and the blogs and so forth. I understand those type of things. But did, was it an instant success or did you run into any roadblocks? Tell us about any of the road, some of the roadblocks you run into, ran into. Oh my goodness, the roadblocks are, are plentiful. And, and I love that you asked that so that people don't think it all just magically happens. So I think one of the things that I had before launching my product was a community. So this was a free community called Ladies with Babies on Facebook. And we would talk about mom stuff, you know, all the things that my 
brother would never want to hear about diapers and things, you know, things that <laughs> are private to moms that they get real fascinated by, right? And so I built this community and I gave them a lot of value before ever launching a product or monetizing. And okay. I think that building a, an audience, whether it's on Facebook, email lists, however you do it, before launching your product, you have a lot of power in that. One, you have the survey potential where you can find out from your audience what they're interested in, right? So I would actually bring my girls through my journey and ask them questions about different things, um, which definitely helped. Um, but in terms of roadblocks, I'll give you, I'll give you, I mean, I, I got plenty of those. As an example, I launched my first product. It went really well. My second one was also a headband and it was going quite well. I got it up to doing about 40,000 in sales a month. And my next shipment um, had bad threading. And so as soon as the women would put the headband on, it would split in two, right? Mm. I, I didn't know this. And Amazon depends very much on your reviews and your star score. So, you know, it's a five-star product. It goes great. Four stars is okay. But you start to get below those four stars and people question if it's a decent product or not. So I was just getting bombarded with like one star, one star, one star. And I thought, what's going on here? Is this like an error? Like, do I have some sort of like competitor or what's going on? And I looked at the little photos of the headband splitting and I was horrified and it turned out that I had a bad shipment. And that was a big learning for me is that before any shipment goes out, you have to get an inspection in China. And I just didn't realize that. And so that one little mistake cost me a product that probably would have ended up doing millions in revenue over the <laughs> last seven years. And so, you know, you definitely will learn things along the way and correct them. And trust me, there's not a single shipment that myself or any of the people in my network allow go through the door without a proper inspection in China, because that would have gotten caught way ahead of time. Did you have a hit on your reputation because of that? Um, not particularly, just because when you sell on Amazon, it's not you know, your face isn't there, you know what I mean? Like okay. it was just one, one product, um, you know, so I lost that product, but it didn't ruin my reputation or anything like that. Okay. okay. So, so when you, you learned that the inspection now, did you add an inspector for all your products from China or did you do something operationally to make yes. sure that didn't happen again? Help me understand Absolutely. that. Well, that's when I started getting inspections, um, with all of my products before they went out. And that's actually what made me want to go to China because I wanted to find, you know, factories and partnerships directly so that I had a bit better of a relationship with them. Because one thing I learned about China is it's all relationship-based, right? And if okay. they know you and they, they treat you like family and they would never let something like that happen, right? Okay. And so I realized that even though I have people skills, I wasn't utilizing them properly with the suppliers that I was working with in China. And okay. so that was a big learning as well is to create, they call it guanqi. It's sort of a, a beautiful word that means that the relationship and bond that you have between people. And that's very important in their culture. And so that was another big learning, which was what inspired me to bring Amazon sellers to China so they could learn how to build those relationships personally, um, because there's just so many great things that happen when you have a proper relationship with your supplier. Now, when, when you, 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 you learn those types of things, it sounds like you build a, a lot of good relationships with your, your network and the people you, you have, you've been mentoring. How about, are you a solopreneur, solo entrepreneur, or do you have the staff? How, how, who, do you, who do you work with? Who, who helps you out and do all this? Okay, so 
I have a fabulous business partner. His name is Dan Ashburn. And we now own several companies. We have a sourcing company. We have an events company. We have a software company. We have Titan Network. And uh, we now have over 120 staff okay. across different platforms. We also have a management um, of brands type of uh, agency. So Dan is wonderful at putting systems in place. And um, there's actually a book I read called Rocket Fuel. I forget the name of the, the author okay. that really taught me um, within a lot of businesses, you'll sometimes see partnerships, right? And, you know, some famous ones would be, let's say, Walt Disney and his brother, Roy, or right. Steve Jobs and Steve Wisniewski. I can never pronounce his last name, but these are some- We know pretty, who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have some pretty pretty famous ones in history where you've got someone who's more of a visionary, and uh -huh. then you've got someone who's more of like an integrator, someone that's really good at putting systems in place. And the idea is if you are more of the visionary, you're like, I'm going to build a castle and it's going to be fabulous. The integrator is more like, okay, great. So where are the bricks? How do they get laid? Where do they get paid from? Right. And so I found that in my journey, I was, I was quite good at a lot of things, building community. I was good at marketing. I was good at sales, but I lacked a lot of the organizational skills, you know, building um, employment, like systems, all those things I was very weak in. So luckily I found this business partner. He is so amazing at all that. So together we were able to build something that alone I would never have been able to accomplish. So I'm a big believer in partnerships. And if you can't find a business partner, then you've got to find maybe an employee or a consultant or a service to help with some of these things that you might be lacking. Oh my goodness. Sorry. I know I'm talking a lot, but we, I just had to tell you one thing. If I could communicate to CEOs out there, um, do not try to be good at everything. Stop. What do you mean by that? Tell me what you mean by that. Okay. Stop trying to be the best copywriter, the best marketer, the best photographer. Stop being cheap, right? Like in order to grow, you're going to need to invest. And I think it's really important that you figure out for yourself, what are you really good at? And the things that you're not good at, you need to hire uh, an employee or a service or find a business partner that will help you to fill that void. Because if I had tried to do this journey on my own without investing in different people and different services and things, it would have been impossible for me to grow. And a lot of times we get kind of cheaper or we just want to try to do everything ourselves and it actually cuts our growth. So if I could, yeah, that was just one little moment there I wanted to tell you about because man, I, that was me in the beginning. I was trying to do it all. I was trying to be the photographer. I was trying to be the copywriter and I'm not good at it. You know, nobody should try to do things they're just really not good at. And instead, yeah. How many times did you hit your head against the wall before you realized you had to do something different? You know, I will tell you the truth. I've been hitting my head against the wall today and okay. every day. <laughs> you know, like I, I just I think these people that pretend like it's all like, you know, sweet and light and always perfect. They're uh -huh. you know they're not they're not being real because uh -huh. if you're growing if you're growing something and you've got challenges and customers and people and financial things. I mean, like, how, how can you pretend that that's all just magical, you know, happy dust? It's just impossible. So I would say I've hit my head every day of my life, but you know what? I love it because I've built something I'm proud of. I've built something that shows my children what is possible. I've built something that inspires and actually genuinely helps change people's lives because I give them the freedom to build their own financial 
uh, you know, and location freedom. So I'm genuinely proud and I pinch myself every day to have, you know, this, this opportunity, but it does come at a price, you know, in terms of your stress level, you don't walk away. You never, you know, say, oh, it's five o'clock and now I'm free. Nope. It doesn't matter if it's five o'clock or 5 a.m. You've got the business on your mind. And that to me is part of being a CEO. And I love it, you know, but I don't think it's for everyone. Well, I agree with you. And there are some people who are very comfortable in the corporate life, but I'm kind of like you. I hit my head against the wall. I learn, I grow. And I look back, I love the freedom. I I love the fun. And I love the challenge. So it sounds like you like that challenge also. Oh, you got it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> now, as, as we get ready to wrap up here, let, let me let me um, ask you this. Of all the things you've learned and all the growth you've had personally and in, internally, what would you say you're good at now and why are you good at it? I'm good at getting people to see a vision and to gather together behind that vision and to help each other achieve that vision. Okay. And uh, is that is that what the Titan Network basically does? It helps it helps it helps people get that vision and then achieve. And you help them realize that vision and putting resources together to get there. So is is Titan Network more of a community where they help each other, or do you have resources that you bring to your community to help to help your community? So it's kind of all of the above. We okay. We our motto is together we're stronger. Okay. So in order to be part of Titan, you actually get an interview to make sure you have an abundance mindset. You're the kind of person that wants to lift each other up because all we need is one bad apple to spoil the barrel, right? You're right. So our culture is very much about empowering each other. Now we have about 40 multi, multi-million dollar business, uh, like Amazon sellers themselves, experts in branding. The guy that we work with on sourcing sources for the NFL, the NBA, the Olympics, like these are absolute pros. That's why we call it Titan. So I have brought together some of the most genius people in the world when it comes to developing these brands. And then our members also help each other. So it's really this incredible culture that we've created and our leadership comes from our members. Our guys get real successful. They're helping each other. They're just showing so much like hearts and they're the ones that I end up bringing up to be the mentors within our group. And so a lot of my superstars started off, you know, new, built businesses, sold them for tens of millions of dollars and wanted to give back. And now they're in there every day. They don't need to be in there. They've made their money, but they're in there every day trying to help the next guy to get lifted up. And that for me, like I just got goosebumps. It's just the most beautiful thing to watch. I'm watching your face as you as you talk about that, and I can see you just light up and beam as you do that. And congratulations on, on doing those things. Let's let me let me just kind of wrap up here by let's talk about that person behind the CEO title. Mm-hmm. Who are what, what 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 makes you tick? I mean, what, family, hobbies, causes. What is it you like to spend your time with? To be honest, I I love what we do so much in Titan that it is like. It is my life. Like there's not really uh, a disconnect between the two. I love my family. I love my boys. Um, But I talk to them a lot about the same concepts. You know, Um, my 14 year old and my 11 year old now, they both have several brands, Um, their own little leaders within their community. Um, We did this beautiful toy drive uh, during the holidays. And, you know, like I just love 
what we do to help people. And I think that there's not, like it's all kind of mush for me. We have a, a program for youth to teach uh, young entrepreneurs. We call them Titan Y for Titan Youth. And then wow. we have Titan K for Titan Kids. So my little boy, my 11 year old is a Titan kid and my 14 year old's in the youth program. And they're showing people how to build. And we have sponsors for, you know, um, youth that are underprivileged that need help to get started. And, you know, so, yeah, I mean, this world just, it motivates me every day. But if I could really bring it down, I think my boys are a big part of my motivation. Well, it sounds like they're a part of the business, even at their age, you know, you're, with, you're with them quite a bit. Yeah, I bring them along with me. My, my little guy, I mean, he was one year old when I brought him to his first conference, you know. <laughs> but, you know, it's like they don't teach a lot of that stuff in school. And, and you know, my, my older son was telling me, Mom, all the stuff that I'm learning, like, I don't know when I'm ever going to use it, you know. And I'm like, yes, sir. I, yes, son. sorry. Yes, son, I, I know. But you got to learn it because it's just part of your education. So, you know, I, I wish there was more real life stuff within, you know, schooling and university. <laughs> So, you know, that's part of what inspires me to do these youth programs as well. If, if my audience wanted to get a hold of you, how would they get a hold of you? I am under Athena Severi in uh, Facebook, Instagram. And if you go to titannetwork.com, um, <coughs> schedule a call with us to see if this Amazon opportunity is right for you. Uh, no one's saying it's easy but it, man, is it rewarding for the right person. And I, you know, there's this little fire thing. There's this fire thing that, that I feel like some people are hunters and some people are gatherers, right? Mm -hmm. Like this entrepreneur, CEO, business person, they've got this fire in them. And whether they do this business model or some other business model, it's like, those are the people I look for, I look for the crazy ones, the ones that are willing to do whatever it takes to build a new world. And, uh, so you've been such an inspiration. I love what you do. I love how much you bring out sort of the, the, the highs, the lows, the, the learnings from what we all go through so that you can inspire other generations to be successful. And uh, before our call, you were mentioning that only a very small percentage of CEOs ever hit that million dollar mark. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just love that you inspire people. And believe it or not, it's an even smaller percentage of female CEOs yeah. At that point. And I'm very, very um, proud to say that Titan is 40% female. And out of those 40% females, I'd say at least a third of them are already multimillionaires. Very, very good. You know, I'm, I'm happy that you've taken the time to share your story with us and with the network and my audience. Because there's somebody out there who you're going to inspire and they're going to get in touch with you and you're going to help them. And I really appreciate you taking the time to share with me today. And one last thing. Oh, I think I saw something you, are, are, are you writing a book, How to Design Your Career and Create a Lasting Brand? Is that a book you're writing? No. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, I saw that's what, are you planning on writing a book or? I think I should at some point because I got enough stories to throw in there for sure. But <laughs> That's not happening just yet, but well, I think I saw, I must have you confused with someone else. And I apologize for that. No worries. Maybe <laughs> you're seeing me... the future. Maybe there was a crystal ball and you saw <laughs> my future, my future author self. Yeah, that, that could have happened. You, ne you never know. But anyway, I need to get ready to wrap up here. And I want to thank you today, Athena, for taking the time to share your life, your story, 
and your your inspiration. You talk about inspiration. You are an inspiration. I love the bubbliness in your voice. <laughs> I love the smile on your face. And you seem just like you're you're excited about what you're doing and where you're going. I'm really proud of you. Well, Mr. Washington, it's been my honor. And uh, thank you so much again for all that you do. And I hope that there's a listener out there that does get inspired. And one last little thing, just do it. You know, there's too many people out there that put things off. They procrastinate. They overanalyze. If you've got a dream, move, move towards that dream because this life is short and you deserve it. So that's all I'd like to say. We're going to end on those marvelous words of wisdom. And I thank you for sharing with me today, Athena, and good luck to you in the future. Thank you, sir. Wayne Washington here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast. If you are a successful CEO of a seven-figure project-based client delivery environment, and would like to be a guest CEO on the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast, please visit www.ceosecrets-execution.com and apply. If today you learned a tip or a technique to apply from my guest CEO, other CEOs would appreciate you're sharing this episode on social media. To do that, just take a quick screenshot with your phone, then text it to another CEO or post that screenshot on social media. If you know of other CEOs who would be a great guest, text them and let them know about the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast the CEO you are thinking about would appreciate you including a link to the scheduling website. That's www.ceosecrets-execution.com. We are regularly putting out new episodes. To make sure you don't miss an episode, go ahead and subscribe today. Remember, your thumbs up rating or a five star review goes a long way to help promote the show and would mean an awful lot to me and my team. Do you want to know more about my company, Grow Company Profits? Go to our website at www.growcompanyprofits.com. You can also follow me, Wayne Washington, on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening, and I'm looking forward to having you back for our next episode.